0: Happy Feast of St. Michael and all angels. We're going to talk about that today on The Coffee Hour. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu.
1: Live Uncommon.
0: I don't know, what's an appropriate greeting for the Feast of Saint Michael and All Angels?
1: I'm not Maybe. sure. It's a really good <laughs> let's, question.
0: Let's go to the expert, uh, director of worship for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod and chaplain for us at the LCMS International Center, the Reverend Sean Denzer. Pastor Denzer, thanks for joining us on the Coffee Hour. Fear not, my friends. That's what ah, angels. Say time. Fear not. That's right. Every That's time, a good one. every time a messenger of the Lord shows up, uh, every time an angel shows up, they say, "Fear not, or be not afraid." Right.
2: Right. Unlike, uh, hopefully, me, I hopefully am not very uh, fearsome, but angels are terrifying. You could tell that because that's the first word out of their mouth every single time is, well, calm down. I'm not going to, I'm not going to hear to kill you. I'm not here to destroy you. And uh, the best place probably to look uh, at angels is Isaiah chapter six. That's where Isaiah has his vision in the temple. And he's horrified because he's before the holy God. He sees the angels but they're described as seraphim, as as these burning ones. Uh, really, throughout the Bible, you get the impression that angels are a lot more like what we, we think of as demons. Uh, fearsome beings, warriors, uh, out to get people, uh, ready to slay at a moment's notice. And that's because they're the Lord's soldiers. They're His ministers. Um, but, but the good news for us as Christians is Christ puts them to work for our protection. They're on honor guard duty for us, and that's why this uh, Feast of St. Michael's is a wonderful day to celebrate.
1: So what is this Feast of St. Michael and All Angels? What are we actually celebrating here?
2: Yeah, we're celebrating God's ministry uh, through his holy angels. Uh, the the collect for the day says that God has ordained the service of men and angels in a wonderful order, and it and the word could be translated ministry. We we know that there are ministers in the church, uh, but these and there are ministers, I suppose, in the state. Right? Uh, we use that word sometimes to talk about our elected officials. But the angels are God's ministers before Him in heaven, doing His bidding, bringing His messages. Like we said, fighting uh, for Him when that's necessary. One of the things that is confusing to a lot of people, I think, is Saint Michael. We're used to seeing the word saint before all sorts of human beings like Saint Mary, Saint John the Baptist, uh, maybe even some uh, people outside the Bible like Saint Lawrence or Saint Augustine, but to hear Saint Michael, Saint Angel, that's a little strange. One of the ways, uh, I think, to understand it is to see that saint is just a word that means holy. All the angels are described as holy. And uh, since Michael is described in the Bible as being the archangel, uh, we want to definitely distinguish him as being holy. So saint here doesn't mean he's a a, a dead human, a a sainted human being. It doesn't mean that he's someone who's been forgiven his sins. It simply is to acknowledge he's the Lord's holy angel, if anything, seems to be the head angel.
1: So what what do we know about uh, St. Michael specifically? What what do we read in Scripture about him?
2: He's described in the book of Daniel as uh, the great prince in charge of God's people. Uh, He's mentioned uh, a couple other places in the Bible, but the the biggest place, which I'm sure we'll look at today, is Revelation chapter 12, when Michael is leading the angels uh, to fight against the dragon and his angels, which we understand to be Satan and all of his fallen angels, we call them demons.
0: I love when we get to chat about feasts and the coffee hour because it precedes chapel. So I feel like we're getting like the pregame <laughs> before before the big event uh, where we get the behind the scenes of this. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so so, scripture teaching us about St. Michael, uh um, any other scriptures you want to point us to, Pastor, before we get into
2: more of the, the, the details about um, this particular feast? Those are the big ones that talk about St. Michael. And, and as we look at it, maybe it's helpful to make one little interesting comment that might throw people off. And that is, St. Michael has always been closely associated with Christ himself so much so that some people look at this revelation 12 passage and and say that it's actually an allegory or, or a description of christ himself that michael really is not an angel but is to be understood as jesus christ that's not necessarily uh the only way it can be understood i think there's a way you can see these two working together at the same time i think we'll talk about that when we look at revelation but uh j- just to see that christ is very close to saint michael and that and that michael is battling on behalf of his christian of god's christians
0: and and this would be one of the few angels that we actually see a name given to in the scriptures there are only what a, maybe a couple others that
2: only you know, t- only t- two up. total in, in the rest of the bible we hear about gabriel he's uh mentioned a couple times in the old testament and of course he's the one who comes to saint mary comes to joseph tells them about the birth of christ uh he seems to be the one who must have been leading the charge uh, to those shepherds right to tell them to go to christ The only other angel that has a name is Raphael, uh, not one of the Ninja Turtles, but uh, (laughs) Raphael uh, is mentioned in the Apocrypha, uh, so we don't necessarily uh, acknowledge him or, or we're not bound to acknowledge him. But traditionally, those three, Michael... And Raphael and Gabriel, uh, Michael and Gabriel being the ones that are mentioned in the scriptures, uh, are considered to be the archangels. Now, in the Bible, uh, it never uses the word archangel in plural. Some people uh, make a big point of that. But uh, in any case, uh, these are obviously important angels if they get mentioned. And uh, Michael and Gabriel are the only two in the Bible. So here's our
0: opportunity. Any misconceptions about angels we want to address before we get too far into our conversation about St. Michael and and all angels? How
2: much time you got, Andy? <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, well, we've got a whole episode
2: here, so... <laughs> All right. Everything we know about angels, I think we learn from the cartoons. Uh, angels, <laughs> when somebody gets knocked off, right? You die, and then you, get, you sprout wings, or maybe the bells do that, I'm not sure. And then you float up to heaven, and you're sitting on the clouds with your harp. False. Uh, mm-hmm. Angels are created beings by God. Uh, it's a little unclear, frankly, when they were created, other than that they uh, are created early in God's creation. Uh, they're his servants. They're spiritual beings, so they're not exactly the same as our bodies. Uh, They're not given in marriage, which seems to imply they they don't have any kind of uh, boys and girls among the angels, although they're always described in masculine terms in the Bible, and and no surprise, they have the the fighting duty. Uh, Uh, Angels are God's messengers. Uh, The word angel means messenger, Uh, and their work is to serve him first and foremost. But we see in the Bible that they are connected up with us, that they're uh, given to take care of us. We see the angels come and minister to Christ after his uh, after his temptation in the wilderness. We see in our gospel reading for St. Michael and all angels that uh, even the little ones who know Christ they have angels. It's just described in this way. In heaven, their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. Just a nice little tidbit uh, there that maybe brings up more questions than answers. But this is the origin of a guardian angel kind of understanding that that God sends his angels to guard us. And, and uh, it seems to suggest maybe even that there is one or more angels assigned to us, so to speak.
1: Mm-hmm. Are they are they the cute little uh, chubby cherubim that we often see the sculptures of?
2: <laughs> well, hey, cherubim, uh, yeah, cherubim is a biblical word. implies more than one. Uh, it's one of the descriptions of the angels. Although those were the angels that were guarding and barring the way to the garden after Adam and Eve were expelled from it. So uh, I don't know if a a cute little naked baby would really scare me away.
1: (laughs) I think a lot of times, uh, isn't there a a sculpture or something? Is is it of of St. Michael slaying the dragon uh, in in a, I can't remember where it is, uh, a European church. And it's, it's, he's huge. And he has all of this armor and a sword. And and is that more of the description of, of what a, an angel like St. Michael would be.
2: Absolutely. Uh, Wings, one or more. Uh, There's six wings on the seraphim that described in, in Isaiah chapter six. Uh, They often have swords and other armor. uh, And their job is to fight as we're going to see in Revelation chapter 12. Uh, They're fearsome warriors. And that's why the first word out of their mouth has to be calm down. Fear not.
0: (laughs) Hmm. I, I wonder when we started depicting angels more as these I don't know, just really pretty sweet little things like with Christmas ornaments and decorations and things like that. When did we start doing that instead of this fierce St. Michael and man swords, you know, when,
2: when did we forget all about that? Yeah. I don't know the history on that in artwork. That would be a really interesting study. Actually. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling it, it, it corresponds to the time when we started painting Jesus himself as being a uh, Kind of a, a wimpy guy, also uh, <laughs> if you look at Jesus in the Bible, I mean he is he, he's not afraid to get angry sometimes when somebody's attacking his little ones. That's exactly the picture that we see him bring up the angels in uh when when he's mad about uh somebody bringing a temptation to a little child, right this is when he says it's be better for a person who causes one of my little ones to sin to be thrown into the sea, mm-hmm. uh, thats when he brings up the angels and said you know be afraid their angels are watching them all the time. They're beholding the face of the father. You're really going to despise one of my little ones. Think twice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lots of artwork throughout uh, the history of the church has depicted angels. Uh, I think it's helpful to see that in the Bible, they're described in masculine terms, in, in frightening terms, uh, in warrior terms. Uh, And then, uh, Therefore, if you see an angel that is uh, perhaps feminine or gentle, uh, that picture might not accord with what the scriptures say. It's good to remember also that big word that we say in the Sanctus when we sing it every Sunday, Lord God of Sabaoth, Lord God of hosts. That is to say, Lord God of armies. The angels are those Sabaoth hosts.
0: Hmm, That's insightful. That's very helpful. Yeah. We have more to dig into uh, on St. Michael and All Angels, this Feast of St. Michael and All Angels. I want to do that here in just a moment because there's so much more to talk about. In, and we're talking with the Reverend Sean Denzer, chaplain for the LCMS International Center and Director of Worship for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Abby Bates.
1: I'm Sarah Goldseth.
0: welcome back to the coffee hour i'm andy bates
1: i'm sarah Golseth.
0: Fear not. We are uh, we're observing the Feast of St. Michael and All Angels, talking with the Reverend Sean Denzer, Director of Worship for the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and uh, talking about St. Michael and All Angels. Uh, great, great insights on who is St. Michael, who are angels, and, uh, and some misconceptions we've had about angels. Any other misconceptions about angels before we dig into more about this feast today, Pastor? I think we should get to the scriptures. All right. Well, let's let's dig into the scriptures um, and, and what we're going to learn in
2: this feast and what we're observing in this feast. In Revelation chapter 12, which is the old uh, traditional Old Testament for us, we read it as the epistle lesson for this day. We get to see Michael in action. This is the battle in heaven between God's and His God's holy angels and the devil with his fallen angels. Sometimes it's even given that name, Armageddon, which brings our mind to you know what Revelation usually does in pop culture: all kinds of misconceptions about the end of the world and you know scary uh, left behind books and and who knows what's going on. Right? I, I think we'll see if we read this section how. Comforting it is, we see that God and his angels, one, are fighting and winning the victory, uh, and and that Christ is behind it all, and that there's uh, great comfort, Um, that even the devil's uh, raging here on earth is shortened because of this battle. And, and the thing I, I think is very helpful to see about this is to ask the question when this really happens. When is it that the devil is really defeated? We see that at the end of it, he's cast down out of heaven to earth, and we're given the promise that his time is short, which suggests this is not the end of the story. This this has to come before the end of the world. And the best way to see this is either happening concurrently or, as most of Revelation is, a picture of what Christ himself does on the cross when he crushes the head of the old dragon, the old serpent, the devil. Um, either to see that this as kind of an elaborate, mythical allegory, a presentation of what Jesus himself is doing by crushing the devil's head, or to see it, you know, you got to imagine a movie with like a split screen, where Christ is dying uh, uh, uh you know all of the creation is is having its uh seizure because Christ has died, and at the very same time in heaven, the battle's going on and, and you know at the moment Christ bows his head and says it is finished uh Michael is ramming his sword right into the devil's throat and k- kicking him off the cloud down into hell. That's what's going on here mm-hmm. I'll read it a little bit now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated. And there was no longer any place for him in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan. Just in case you didn't catch who it was, right? The deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. And I, this is John, who's uh, seeing this vision, I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, the Satan of our brothers, has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before God, up in heaven, right? But now he's been thrown down to the earth. He's been cast out of heaven. That's what Christ's death does. And they've conquered him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, for they love not their lives even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath." Because he knows his time is short. The image here is that when Christ uh, takes away all of the devil's accusations against us in heaven, right? Our sins are now forgiven. What is there uh, to keep us uh, from heaven, right? He's cast out. He's no longer allowed in the courtroom before God to, to bring our sins up anymore because Christ has forgiven them. He's cast down on earth to to work his woe and his temptation. Think of what even Jesus himself says, that he is the, the prince of this world. And yet we should take confidence that he's judged, uh, Jesus says in John chapter 16. Here it says, look, he's here in great wrath. He is, uh, you look around in the world, you watch the news and you think, wow, the one thing that can we can be certain about is evil is afoot in this world. But When we see all of this disaster on us, we should look and say, this is a defeated devil. This is one who's had Christ put his boot onto his face. This is one who's had the archangel Michael run him through with the sword. Uh, He's just throwing a tantrum, and uh, it's loud, it's noisy, uh, but it has no power anymore. His time is short, right? He's going to throw the biggest tantrum he can right now, uh, but we shouldn't let that distract us from the victory that's been won by Christ.
1: Amen to that. This is such a, a, a visual depiction. Uh, and I think we don't always maybe think about a, a, a war happening in heaven. That that seems like something that is um, not supposed to happen maybe in, in heaven. What does this tell us about the, the relationship of, of these angels to each other and the relationship of St. Michael and the devil to us?
2: Good to see that heaven again is not this cloudy uh, place that we could, you know, take an elevator or a rocket ship to get to. This is this is some kind of other dimension, right? We don't see these things, but this is the invisible that we confess every time we say the creed. And in all things visible and invisible, right? We don't get to see this happening, but this is what's going on uh, whenever the Lord is battling. Uh, battling in the Gospels, it's also what's going on whenever uh, we're struggling against temptation. And, and we should take comfort to see that, Michael, that all of the angels are sent to, to serve us, that the Lord is orchestrating in heaven at the very same time everything is going on here in earth, uh, a battle that is not really in question, right? Uh, Christ has won the victory, uh the angels and the mop up force are taking care of it and we're brought into that like it says in the litany uh we even get a chance to trample down satan under our feet as as in all of the things that look so simple in our ordinary lives right like uh the life of good works repenting of our sins and trusting in christ and his forgiveness the, these are the means by which the devil himself is is just trampled underfoot even more right If you'd like to sing a hymn that really captures this, I I think, kind of epic, uh, uh, almost mythical, but this is a true myth, right, Uh, uh, the battle, you've got to check out 521 in Lutheran service book, Christ the Lord of Hosts Unshaken. Uh, It's sung to the same tune, I, I think on purpose, that we sing the faithful cross above all other on Good Friday. Uh, And it talks about the battle, talks about how uh, Christ has trampled Satan and bore the brunt of it all, and we're brought into his victory. And uh, wherever his word goes out, forgiving sins, uh, that message of victory is now going out to all creation. And at the end, it ends with a prayer, right? Send your angel legions uh, uh, to battle off the foe from us. Hold us fast whenever sin assaults us and save your people. And finally, Put that dragon down to his fiery grave forever. Uh, when at the last day, when you bring us into eternal life, hmm. great hymn for that day. Any other
0: hymns or uh, anything else from um, uh, proper uh, prayers for that
2: day that that you'd like to point us to? Yeah, sure. The the hymn of the day is by Philip Melanchthon, actually a hymn that he wrote in Latin. Uh, There's also a German translation of it, and we have an English translation of it. That's 522. Lord God, to thee we give all praise. Praise uh, that the angel hosts have been created, uh, that they're serving him, and that they've even been given uh, the service of us, that they've been uh, assigned to us, as I mentioned, as honor guard duty. And that's exactly what uh, the gospel brings to light when it, when it, just gives that little tidbit that has to do with angels when it says, when Jesus talking about how much care he has for those uh, who have received his name, the little ones who believe in him, that he doesn't want anyone to lead them away or lead them astray, uh, especially by sins that would destroy faith or that would lead us away from God's uh, comfort and care. And so he says, I tell you, in heaven... These little ones, their angels are always beholding the face of my Father who is in heaven, because the Son of Man has come to save the lost. You can see how the angels are connected to Christ's salvation. They're connected to guarding the church, both individually and all of us together, from the effects of sin, uh, from temptations, and finally from the devil himself. So all of these themes come together in the hymns of this day. Uh, come together in the propers, the, proper, the introit. bless the Lord, ye his angels who excel in strength, who do your commandments, who listen to the voice of your word. Uh, and, and we also do the very same thing. That's, that's uh, what makes us Christ's own, um, and we rejoice in this day that he's doing everything, sending all of his forces and resources uh, to protect us. It's kind of silly, right? We are the children of God, uh, and these are these fearsome—you know—think of the roughest, toughest elite Marines, right, for the United States Army. You know, these are the guys who know how to kill you with like their bare hands, right? You know, they're just—I mean, our enemies ought to be shaking in their boots to think about that. But that is who God has given to be our protectors, right? It seems like such a really lame assignment, right? But they don't see it that way. Uh, In fact. What else does it say in the scriptures? The angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner who repents, one person who confesses their sins and believes in Jesus Christ. That's all of heaven erupts in joy over that. Um, so we see how much God loves us, that he even puts his angels uh, to this duty to protect us.
1: Mm-hmm. Such great hymns and readings and, and prayers for this. Uh, do you? Are, are there any um, traditions... Uh, associated with this feast day that
2: you know of? Nothing in particular, other than it's always been a pretty important feast day. Uh, I would say in the Lutheran Church, after restoring Ascension and Epiphany, uh, and the Annunciation of, of Mary and our Lord. This is probably the next really big feast here on September 29th that deserves our attention and would be worth having a service, even if it fell during the middle of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, in some places, especially in England, uh, Michaelmas, uh, think of like Christmas, right? The birth of Christ. Michaelmas, the the mass or the divine service for Saint Michael's Day, was kind of a a division in the whole calendar year. They would even talk about having school begin or a new term of school begin after this. So we see that at least in the history of the church, uh, this has been such an important day. I think it'd be worth us, especially with all of our misconceptions about angels, to observe this day, uh, to hear what the scriptures have to say about angels. And to rejoice that the Lord uh, has taken such great care of us, that that He protects us now, and that He wants to see us uh, uh, with Him forever.
1: Any insight on why it's on uh, September twenty
2: ninth? It's not that exciting. Uh, <laughs> they dedicated a church in Rome, I believe, uh, to Saint Michael, and uh, that was the day before. Uh, this is the day before they dedicated it. Huh. Hmm. I'm I'm kind of sad that there's no
0: like. Great tradition of like carrying flaming swords on this day, or something. That
2: I wouldn't recommend, you know, this. We need one of those warnings, not without supervision and probably not. Yeah, I think the adults would need
0: supervision in that case (laughs) (laughs) St. Michael, the feast of St. Michael and all angels uh, observed today, the Reverend Sean Denzer Director of Worship for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod and Chaplain for us at the LCMS International Center, Pastor Denzer thanks for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today Fear not (laughs) I'm Andy Bates
1: I'm Sarah Golseth